0: What's good, Facebook? What's good? It's your boy, Just Justin, man. And I'm back for another MBS show. We got, my, we, got, we got a favorite of the MBS show that hasn't been on in a long time. I got my brother from another mother who, who's my arch nemesis in the NFL fan club. <laughs> 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 Representing the ATL, our, our bitter rivals, you know, in the Hoodat Nation over here. You know what we do. But uh, it's my boy Marlon. What's going
1: on, man? Hey, what's up Justin? What's up NBS World? You know I'm back in the mix again, you know. Hey. Been a long time, but I'm back. Good to see you brothers. Good to speak some sports, you know. A lot of stuff been going on and uh can't wait to get into it, you know. Very interesting stuff.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and we get into if all those who play fantasy football, man, we're, we're getting into the, the nitty gritty, uh, you know, last couple weeks of the season, you know, we're both in a big lead ourselves. We're both, we're both in the playoffs. Uh, I really don't want to play you in the first week, man. You got Patrick Mahomes and I'm, I'm scared of that bad boy, but uh, I'm glad to see you back in the show, man. And uh, I, I, I hope you lose this week by the way, in, in the league. But
1: <laughs> Hey man, you know, I'm just trying to keep my strategy tight, my game tight, you know, get in this playoffs and you know come out with that chip and that belt, you know.
0: I already got a place for that belt. It's getting this belt right here is getting replaced. Um, well
1: that belt will, will remain and <laughs> this year's belt will be coming to none other than
0: I. All right, we'll shall see. We shall see. Well, we got a big show this week, man. Uh for those of y'all who uh, can't realize uh, my boy right here is not Jasper <laughs> so he couldn't no, make oh, it this not nice. franchise <laughs> he's not the franchise not the franchise not the greatest who's ever been on the on the sports wave but, but that being said he's he's just as good man i'm glad you are here man i'm glad we got a big show we got we got a lot of boxing news you know for the old school like me and you man who who finally got to see our our, our childhood uh, boxing, yeah. box again this past week. Uh, yeah, we got that college was good. Football. We got the NFL. Uh, but let's start with that, man. Let's start with boxing. Uh, did you get a chance to, to check out that that Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight last week?
1: I did. And, you know, I was uh, one of the few people probably that actually paid for it. You know, I said, <laughs> you know what? What the hell? You know, let's see what's going on with Mike and, and Roy. You know, it's been a lot of jokes, you know, the months leading up to it about, you know, two old men jumping into the ring, fighting over some cigarettes or something. Like it's just been all kinds of stuff, you know, people have said about Roy and Mike, their latter stages, you know, in age now. Um, but it was actually, you know, a pretty decent programming, you know, the undercards were, you know, better than I thought they would be, you know.
0: Well, speaking of the undercards, um, what was your biggest surprise? Was your biggest surprise the, 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 the... how the Mike Tyson fight ended with the draw, or the underscore of Nate Robinson getting KO'd by a YouTube star?
1: Well, NBS World, from now on, every November 28th will be known as Nate Robinson Day, because that dude, he went night-night real quick. Um, Snoop said it best. You can play baseball, you can play basketball, but you can't play boxing.
0: <laughs> and and pimping, he said.
1: And pimping. <laughs> I forgot the pimping part. You know, you them the two things you can't play boxing and pimping. Um, Nate, you, you know, it, it takes a lot of guts to get in the ring. First off, so you know, he gets that that amount of credit. Um, secondly, um, Nate it doesn't look like you listen to any of the training that you received because you use no technique and that's what got you knocked out. You know, not saying you wouldn't have gotten knocked out anyway, but if you don't use any technique, it's going to get you knocked out quicker.
0: (laughs) I guess he thought it was the street fight or something, because you just kept rushing in and he just kept getting those licks.
1: Now, if, if, if this was a if this was like a seven on seven drill on the football field, Nate would have been fine because he, he could have used that aggressiveness, you know, the way that you should as like a defensive player trying to tackle. But Nate, this is this is boxing. You can't you can't do that. You know, you got to have controlled aggression, as they say. And Nate stepped in there and he laid down on that canvas and went night night.
0: What do you think of his opponent? His opponent is now saying that he's ready for Conor McGregor. You know, he's getting a little head, head now, Mr. Paul. Hey, yeah.
1: Jake Paul just needs to shut up now because <laughs> now all he's doing is he's just cashing a check that he know, he he's writing a check that he know he can't cash. Because what's going to happen is, first of all, Conor McGregor's not going to even take a fight with you, dude, because not, he's not going to make enough money off about with you so he's not going to take the fight so you may as well just you know enjoy this little moment that you're having off of beating, you know an ex-nba player ex-college football player and be happy with that because if you step into the ring with a bona fide pro you're going to get molly walk, plain and simple
0: yep. Yeah, this, this, this was his time to shine. If I was him, I'd retire now. Because you can't get any better now. He went 1-0 before the fight. And then he, he had one of the greatest knockouts in, in, in entertainment history. You know, maybe not sports history. You know, because I don't know how much of a sport this really was. But I would say in entertainment history, because uh, memes will be created forever in oh, yeah. Nate Robinson's name. So if, <laughs> I was, if I was Mr. Paul, I would quit right now while I'm on top. It's the best way to do it, man.
1: I, I can tell you the the social media is thoroughly dragging Nate Robinson. He, he's getting dragged every which way. Like I've seen every meme known to man. I've seen the silly posturpedic Nate Robinson meme. Like everything, he's getting Lawrence. dragged. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah he, uh, he he won't live that down for a long time, man he he, he won't be able to show up to many all-star games. You know, he, he needs to stay so, home for a little bit. I got a quick little question because
1: I had this discussion with some partners of mine. Um, what what one thing could Nate Robinson do to redeem himself? <laughs> Other than getting in the ring and beating this dude?
0: I mean, maybe – I don't know. I really don't know because, because you know, he's not going to take another fight because, you know, no. I mean, it's, he's done, man. He needs to just, like, hang it up and – oh, I feel, one I feel of my bad buddies,
1: for him. One of my buddies said he should join the New York Knicks and lead them to a championship over the Lakers. That would be the only way he could come back from this epic L – So in other words,
0: it's impossible. Okay, we got you. We got you. It's not going to (laughs) happen. All right, man. So, okay. What about the Mike Tyson fight? Were you surprised that that because you know everybody was hyped up Tyson. Everybody said Tyson's gonna kill this guy. It's ridiculous. All the hype videos of him working out. I mean, this guy is in crazy condition. Him at the end of the of, of the of the boxing match coming out and admitting that he was high during the whole thing, that he was smoking weed before. <laughs> like, are, are, were you surprised that Tyson didn't dominate like many thought he would? Well. Here's the thing about this fight. You know, Mike's
1: 54, Roy's 51. What we were able to witness is both of these guys still pretty much have a great deal of skill left in it. You know, yeah. albeit they're not as quick, they're not as powerful, they're not as fast as they used to be. They still, you can still see the skill set that they both had during their primes and it's like you know what it's like the saying once you learn how to ride a bike you never forget you know you may not be the best bike rider but you still remember the basics and you can still get in there and do the basics i'll say this roy jones footwork it did surprise me because i didn't expect him to be able to move around as well as he did he was very light on his feet and that was that was the, the thing that was still attack because you know the moment Tyson would try to you know go in and attack you know Roy would 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 slip out of there or or you know hold him up for a second and then slip around again and Tyson you know he just really couldn't get you know on his mark and get Roy where he really wanted him to um and as we saw Roy still has a lot of that you know showmanship you know he, he can still showboat with the best of them, even at fifty-one years old. And um, uh, yeah. you know, it was it was a fairly entertaining fight. Um, ending in a draw was kind of surprising. I, I, okay. I thought they might have gave it to Mike. You know, you know, in a decision. But I can see what they're trying to do. You, if you do a draw, you know, you leave that door open for a possible rematch, if possible. But um,
0: who'd you have? Who you had? Tyson.
1: I had Tyson. I had Tyson. I think he landed a couple of more shots than, you know, Roy did. And, um, but, you know, Roy, as as he did in his, his heyday, Roy was always able to keep a more powerful fighter from, you know, landing those, those knockout blows. And he did the same thing to Tyson.
0: Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I really thought Tyson was going to dominate this match. Uh, seeing Roy run around the ring like he did, light on his feet, his hands look amazing. Uh, he didn't have the power Mike Tyson had, but he had the finesse, the, you know, the, the in and out that that I didn't, you know, I remember him having in, in his heyday, but I didn't think he still had. Um, so I was very impressed with that. I think I think Tyson had everything to lose by losing this match because everybody expected him to win. Roy Jones had nothing to lose, and I think he, uh, I mean, he upped his. His, uh, his legacy, and I, I hate to say that, you know, like a legacy is based on something entertainment-wise like, like this past weekend, but honestly, when you look at all-time breaks and stuff, people always have put Tyson above Roy Jones Jr. But, like, this guy really showed that he can hang with if, even with the heavyweights, like Mike Tyson, man. So uh, I think I think this is a big win for Roy Jones Jr. I think he probably gained some respect that he didn't have before the fight if nobody gave him a chance. And, uh, I mean, I, I think, honestly, I think I would have gave the fight to Tyson, but I, I really do see, like you said, I do see how somebody could have gave it to Roy Jones Jr. because he really did finesse him really well. Uh, and he got I mean, he didn't get the power hits, but he got a lot of jabs and a lot of, like, you know, in and out. So, you know, I was very impressed with that. Uh, but, but, like you said earlier, man, the highlight of the night uh, was two things for me: It was, number one, Nate Robinson getting, getting knocked out. <laughs> and I like Snoop Dogg as a, as a boxing commentator. This hey, guy did a great job.
1: They better keep Snoop around boxing because, you know, everybody knows, you know, Buffer, you know, him announcing the fight, you know, let's get ready to rumble. That's classic. That'll never end. But, you know, other than probably Max Kellerman, there's not too many boxing guys that just keep your interests. So keep Snoop on that panel, you know, with those other guys. And I think boxing can actually, you know, come back to form to what we knew it was once was.
0: (laughs) I I would say Snoop Dogg would be one of my favorite commentators of anything of all time. If you ever watch like him commentating National Geographic, you're going to laugh your ass off. I mean, this this guy is, the you know, one of the greatest in making anything funny, anything entertaining, something that could be boring as a boxing match. If you have a, a boxing match that's, you know, that's going back and forth and not really getting anywhere, this guy can make it happen. They're talking about Snoop Dogg is now asking for a uh, five-year contract for $15 million to accommodate hmm. boxing. I think nice. he's worth every penny of it. I think he's worth nice. every penny. <laughs> All right. Well, let's I, had
1: another, I had another. I had that- another little quick surprise from the undercards. Um, the guy Jermaine Ortiz. Uh-huh. I, I like. I like Jermaine Ortiz. He he looks like a very very up and coming, promising fighter. You know he he was able to uh, beat Suleiman Sagawa. You know in a technical knockout in the seventh. But um, he looks very promising coming up. You know in that that lightweight division. So, you know, that, that was one of my takeaways from the undercard.
0: <clears throat> cool, cool. Definitely. It, it was it was it was very entertaining, man. I've talked to a lot of people who said they would never dare watch the, the, you know the whole fight and but I I liked it, man. I hope I hope to see more of that kind of things, man. Celebrities fighting each other, old-time boxers. I think it was great entertainment and I would I would definitely pay for that over a lot of normal fights today. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, all right, man. Let's go ahead and go to college football. Um, we got a couple of topics tonight, man. Some interesting ones. Uh, first one, uh, we you know, it's big news for, for me, a, a Louisiana native, who's an LSU fan. Uh, but it's it's something that's going on around the the, the nation. Uh, we have uh, LSU star wide receiver Terrence Marshall opting out this week, with only two weeks left in the season because LSU is losing, opting out to sit to go to the draft after playing most of the season. Do you think that players should be allowed to play as many games as they want, opt out, and still be allowed to keep their their scholarship? Because the NCAA allowed them to opt out at the beginning of the season with COVID and keep their scholarship. But did they, did they see it coming a comment where a player can just want to not play anymore because their team is is no longer active in, in the top 25 and uh, they just want to go to the drive? Do you agree with that, that being allowed in the NCAA? I
1: absolutely believe players should be able to opt out at any point because the really? NCAA, which operates like it's 1935, You know, they're always flip-flopping and changing rules, you know, that don't always benefit the players. So I love that the players are opting out because these schools, albeit there's not, you know, many fans in the stands, you know, they're still raking money in hand over foot. And these players aren't seeing any of it. So, hey, Terrence Marshall feels like, hey, I have enough tape, you know, and I'm gonna leave and get myself ready for the NFL draft, and not have to play this COVID game on campus with his teammates week to week. Hey, plus a little uh, backstory—some uh, uh, people may not really know, but um, for those who may who may follow Jamar Chase on Instagram, um, the way Jamar Chase is living right now is probably the top reason why Terrence Marshall is opting out. Terrence Marshall ready to get to them checks. He ready to get to that bank.
0: But 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 Chase, he opted out at the beginning of the season, which I wasn't a fan of to begin with. We all know he didn't opt out for COVID reasons. Let's oh, no. be real. He op- he opted out because he, he just wants to get into the drive. Yep. But I least respect him enough where, look, if you're going to opt out at the beginning of the season, that means you're going to put – your future in, in the hands of, of going to the combine or getting tape from the past. And you know that not playing any time during the season could hurt your draft stock. So players like Marshall, who actually played, are going to, you know, they're going to have more recent film. They're going to have people actually watching them right now. So, you know, their draft stock may get higher. So for a player to decide, <clears throat> oh, I'm just going to use a team for as long as I need them to, as long as they benefit me and me only, and once we start losing, I don't want to be on the field anymore and I'm going to go to the draft. I just don't like that, man. To me, it's not, it's- It's
1: it's a dirty game, Justin. It's, it's, you know, the players are
0: playing it,
1: the coaches are playing it, the the, the ADs and, and all those people, you know, at the school, in the front offices, they're playing that game. It's a dirty game. You know, I I didn't say, I didn't say the game was right or correct, but you know, you got to get your piece on the board and you got to play your, your part when your turn comes, you know, it's pretty much how it is now. Everything is about that bag. And these players, you know, they, they're, we all know players get fronted money by their agents when, when they basically opt out and declare Mm -hmm. And that that money, you know, you know, whatever percentage they have to pay back to their agents once they actually get drafted and signed. But you know, you know, just just through some back channels that I know, that's why Terrence Marshall opted out. Terrence Marshall is ready to get to that big bag.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've I've known a, a former LSU receiver personally who, as soon as he opted out. He uh he he was driving around in a brand new Cadillac Escalade that he exactly. told me himself his agent bought. So yeah, I mean I know they getting their money, but you know at the end of the day, man, it's just I've seen it. I've seen it happen right before bowl games. That's a normal throughout the years. Right before bowl game, a quarterback would sit out of the bowl game, say I'm opt out, or a star running back or wide receiver. And the Fournette was a perfect example. Yes, it's just mid season just bothers me some. Because it's like you're you're giving up on your team completely. But is it midseason?
1: Like, I believe, what, next week is the last game of the year. So, this is next to the last game. So, it's like at three and four, LSU's three and four, why risk injury and I'm not playing for anything this year. I'm not playing for the SEC title.
0: But right before the Alabama game, that's your time to shine. That's why he yeah. opted out. He but, didn't want to get clowned by the Alabama Clemson tide.
1: I, I don't I don't think so. I, like, you know, the way those guys are, are are tuned mentally, like the way they're tuned mentally, like competition is competition, but if he steps on the field and plays, yeah, he's gonna he gonna give you, you know, his his full effort. But I just think he just sees that bag. And that bag is calling his name, and it's like Terrence. I don't think you wanna suit up anymore. You better come and get me, so you can spin me quite nicely.
0: All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, man. What? Well, what? Well, sticking with college football, we got got a couple interesting matchups this coming week. But who are your? Who is on upset alert this week? With you. Oh.
1: Honestly, that Michigan State Ohio State game is going to be a little interesting.
0: Whoa! What? What? Ohio State going down this week, Marlon? It's
1: going to be interesting.
0: Wow! You heard it here first on the NBA now, show.
1: the 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 game, the game I really want to tune into is the Wisconsin Indiana game because. Michael Penix is done for the season with the ACL.
0: He should have opted
1: out the rest of the season. You see you see
0: what I'm saying? I think Indiana is actually underdogs in this game because he got injured.
1: Yep. So I think Wisconsin can beat them without Penix, but that'll be a very intriguing game. Um, and there's one more. Uh, Clemson, Virginia Tech.
0: What? Come on, man. Virginia Tech over Clemson, and it's in Blacksburg. We all
1: we wow. all know how Beamer ball is in Blacksburg. I didn't say Virginia Tech was going to win the game, but <laughs> I, I, I I do think I do think for those betters they may want to play the under a little
0: bit. We we this. didn't say the, the 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 spread alert. We said the upset alert. Come on, Marlon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what all right well i i, I, I like that I, you know what i'm gonna take virginia Tech in the upset
0: wow wow okay right. well, we may have to revisit that next week and uh, and see how that works out for you brother but i got two i got two games that i that i'm i, I think could be a big upset this week um i got i got tcu beating oklahoma state this week Oklahoma mm. state did not impress me last week. They had, they had to really pull it out. Yes. Last week against Texas tech, which Texas tech is not a good football team this year. No, they had had to squeeze by them 50 to 44. I wasn't impressed at all with Oklahoma state, uh, TCU, um, TCU had a, you know, great game last week against Kansas. Uh, they beat them 59 to 23. Woo. So, I, you know, yeah, so I'm. In, I was, you know, I know T- TCU is four and four right now. Doesn't have the best season, uh, but I really think they pull it off this week against Oklahoma State, knock Oklahoma State out of the top twenty-five. Uh, I got that as my, my number one upset. Uh, my other upset, I have Coastal Carolina losing to Liberty. Coastal Carolina, I'm not impressed with. Um, you know, of course they 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 only have you know they're undefeated. Um, their biggest win being against my automata, UL Lafayette. Uh, but it was only about like three points. So they have not impressed me. I don't know why they're in the top 20. Um, Liberty is 9-1. Uh, Liberty's only loss was to North Carolina State by one point. Uh, I do see Liberty pulling, pulling it off and, and beating Coastal Carolina. Um, so that's my two biggest upsets of the week, man. Hey, Malik Willis for Liberty quarterback. He's gonna get that
1: big bag, Malik Willis. Yes, Malik. You know where Malik he was at Auburn and Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. He just had to play. You know, the 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 uh, Bo Nix. You know, he had to play Bo Nix. And Malik Willis said, "Hey, deuces, I I truly believe if Malik Willis was Auburn's quarterback, beating Alabama this year."
0: Wow. Wow. That's a big, that's that's a big prediction, but, but he, you know, Liberty is doing their thing this year. They could sneak up into the top 25 with the win over coastal Carolina. I think they will be in a top 25 if they beat coastal Carolina. So, I mean, I, I love seeing small schools who, you know, who no one ever gave a chance to, you know, get in there. Like, like I mentioned earlier, my UL Lafayette is ranked is ranked in the top 20 for the first time in their history this year. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm loving every, every part of it. This year is so unique, so crazy. Um, this is, this is going to be a memorable year, man. But now we get down to the NFL news, man. NFL has been crazy this week. I'm going to go back to last week, though. Last week, we had the top 25 Hall of Fame inductee finalists introduced to the world. Out of those 25, if you could pick seven players for you to put in the Hall of Fame, who would they be? First, I'd
1: start off with uh, none other than uh, Mr. Tallhead himself, Peyton Manning. He is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, He revolutionized, you know, quarterbacks kind of calling their own plays for the most point you know there's some there's some guys before him that did but you know he kind of you know brought he, he kind of brought and th- this is an example I'm about to give you Justin and you can tell me if you agree with it he kind of brought Montana Jim Kelly Marino Aikman, he kind of brought all of those guys into one. He's like, he like he's kind of a a meld of of every type of quarterback you would want, albeit he's not very athletic, you know, but just by sheer will and competitive competitiveness and smarts, he's kind of like I think he was uh, the
0: smartest quarterback of all time, without a doubt. I cannot argue
1: with that. Like, I cannot argue with that. He is probably the smartest quarterback we've ever seen, you know, play on any level of football. Um, But Peyton definitely is one. Um, uh, Next, I got Chuck Woodson. Charles Woodson, you know, you know, one of the, well, the, the, the Heisman winner, Played cornerback, switched to safety, um, was directly involved in the t- tuck rule play. You know, he's the <laughs> one He's the one who knocked the ball loose from Tom Brady. A lot of people, you know, some of the younger people may not remember that or ever saw that play, but if you ever see that that replay when they show it on NFL films and stuff, that is Charles Wilson knocking the ball loose from a, uh,
0: it, it was Brady. the beginning of, of, of Tom Brady's hate for everyone in, in, in football nation. After that play, yes. everyone is either loves Tom Brady or hates his guts. The
1: hate began at that moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, next for me, uh, Alan Fanican. You know, really. He was a great interior offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I really liked his uh physicalness as an offensive lineman because, you know, the Steelers have always been known to be a physical team in the trenches Mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball. And he personified that, you know, during his career. Um, The next guy would be uh, one of Mr. Tallhead's uh, weapons, Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was a prolific receiver some people, you know, they try to give him a little slight because he had Marvin Harrison beside him for a lot of years, but after Marvin Harrison retired, Reggie Wayne was still getting it done. He was still, mm-hmm. he showed people, hey, I am a legitimate number one receiver, and Peyton Manning, you know, he went to Reggie Wayne just as he did to uh, Marvin Harris, you know, as a number one option, um, Next guy, Tony Baselli, left tackle. Wow. Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: The first first pick in Jacksonville's history.
1: Yes, absolutely. 1995. I still remember that draft. Um, Baselli, he was like Anthony Munoz. They were like those carbon copy guys to play left tackle, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, 310, 320 pounds, Strong as an ox, quick on his feet, you know, able to block any defensive end coming off the edge. Um, he was he was a battler, and he didn't get a lot of credit because, you know, with Mark Brunel and that, that high-power offense that Jacksonville had in their early days, he was a catalyst on that offensive line to get it done. Um, the next guy that I have on my list who... Tony Muselli blocked for Fred Taylor. What? Yes. Fred Taylor? Freddie T. A lot wow. of you guys should go watch highlights of Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor. Wow. Fred Taylor, his, his numbers are, are pretty good. Like, you know, people sleep on him. But Fred Taylor was a very, very good running back in his day. He didn't get it he didn't get a chance to compete for championships a lot in his career but fred taylor you know he really 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 was a good player he he's the one who who kind of mentored jones drew cuz you know that was a good one one two punch when jones drew got drafted by jacksonville and fred taylor was still doing his thing at that point how can you how can you leave a guy out who has over 11,000 yards and 66 touchdowns, you know, how can you leave a guy out?
0: I gotta hear your last one because if you don't have who I think you have, we're gonna have a problem here on the MBS show.
1: My final guy, big game Tory Hope.
0: What? You left Megatron out of the Hall of Fame.
1: Megatron longevity.
0: What? What? Oh my god. Oh I'm my not god. saying Megatron isn't a Hall of Famer.
1: <laughs> it's his longevity. He he didn't play long enough. Wow. Albeit his num his numbers are bananas for the time he played, but we know
0: longevity means a lot. Wow! You, know? you put Tory Holt over Calvin Johnson. Okay, I mean that's your opinion. That's your opinion. You, you, you you're, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. Anytime so you want to come on, Tory Holt's numbers are better, yards wise. His numbers are better. But he, he played on a more dominant offense. That He was the greatest show on turf in, in St. Louis. You, you, you forget Isaac Bruce,
1: you know, ended up leaving a couple of years later and Torrey Holt was still there. And he was the number one. Because Isaac Bruce was the number one when Torrey Holt was drafted.
0: Come on, man. Come on. All right. It,
1: it, it's time to get Nine, the real picks 920, here. Man. 920 catches, 13,382 yards, 74 touchdowns.
0: Never, ever was as dominant as Calvin Johnson. When you name the, the the top receivers of all, the most dominant receivers of all time, if he's not in your top five dominant receivers of all time, then you clearly don't know why receivers. You know, he, he he is among the, you know. No,
1: Calvin's twer- more dominant. Calvin's definitely more dominant. I'm not arguing that. But as far as a total technician, big game Torrey Holt was a total technician at wide receiver. Hands, routes, touchdowns.
0: Come on, man. Come on. All right. Well, let me tell you my my Hall of Famers. because uh, I'm listening. I got this. Way differently. All right. Number one, of course, I think it's unanimous. Uh, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, uh, Mr. Omaha, Omaha, Peyton Manning. You know, he's definitely going to get in. There's no doubt in my mind. I bet the mortgage on it. He's going to be in first ballot. They should have um, inducted
1: him the, the year he retired. Like
0: he, he shouldn't have had to wait. <laughs> well, I mean, we all knew that, you know, there's always a chance he comes back. Cause he did before, but so uh, next I have, you know, I agree with you with Charles Woodson. I think he deserves to be in the hall of fame. He's one of the most dominant cornerbacks of all time. Uh, he was one of the greatest college players of all time uh, in Michigan. Uh, he was you know, great to watch uh, with the Raiders part of that, the dominant defense. I, I, I love Charles Woodson growing up. I think he should be in the hall of fame. My third pick is the guy that you didn't even put on your on your Hall of Fame, and that's Calvin Johnson. This guy is is, is, is what D.K. Metcalf wants to be one day. We, he's mad because he's not that one right now. Calvin Johnson is one of the most dominant players. Not, forget wide receivers. He was one of the most dominant players on the field ever to play the game. Agreed. When he was on that field, everybody feared him. They tried to double-team him all they would have to do is throw the ball up and, and Calvin Johnson would get that ball. He is, he, to me, he's, I wouldn't say he's better than Randy Moss, but I would, I would put him in the same conversation as Randy Moss when it comes to how dominant he was when he was on the field and how feared he was when he was on the field by cornerbacks and all defensive coordinators.
1: Um, I'll say this Calvin Johnson was a more complete receiver than Randy Moss. Really? I won't argue dominance. I, I, I'll say they were probably on playing field as far as dominance. But as far as just a well-rounded all-around receiver, I think Calvin Johnson was better. You know, he did more. He, he ran more of the route tree than what Randy did.
0: So do you think Randy Moss should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah. But Calvin Johnson, who you just said is a better all-around wide receiver, does not. But do Randy not be. had longevity. He had
1: more longevity. That's the only thing hurting Calvin right now.
0: All right, man. All right. Well, fourth, I, I do agree with you with Reggie Wayne. I think Reggie Wayne deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think what he did with Peyton Manning, uh, without Marvin Harrison, you know, after he left, uh, you know, he was. He dominated in Indianapolis. I think he deserves to be in Hall of Fame. And the other three guys I have is not on your list. Number one, I have Jared Allen.
1: Oh, cowboy. You got cowboy
0: on there? I got cowboy. Roll him (laughs) up. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That guy was.
1: was
0: He was a good player. Yes, I enjoyed watching him. Every time he would make a sack, he you know he'd get that lasso up, and I mean it, it was exciting, man. And and you know he dominated. He was I think was a four-time all all pro uh, in in the league in Minnesota, first team all pro. Um, so I mean he he dominated the defensive end position. I think he deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, my next guy, I know why you didn't put him in there. I know why you didn't put him in there. Because he wore the same colors as my boy Drew Brees. And you hate on the Saints. Sam Mills deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's been pushed over too many times. He was he was him and 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 all those guys back in the 90s in the Dome Patrol. The, yeah. The, 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 what, what
1: Sam Mills was a great player, but what was Sam Mills without Von Dunbar? Pat, uh, Pat, uh, Swillin. Pat Swillin. Pat Swilling, and Ricky Jackson. Like, what was he without those guys on the field with him?
0: Well, I mean, that was when he, you know, when he went up going to Carolina later in his years, he was an okay player, but he was, you know, he was a lot older. Well, a lot he was, older he was sorry, players. but what I'm saying,
1: in his prime in New Orleans, what was Sam Mills without Von
0: Dunbar? Pat Swilling, and Ricky Jackson. But you're talking about other Hall of Fame players. So, I mean, you're you, of course he's not going to shine over other Hall of Fame players. So, uh, the other
1: guys shine with other great players on the field with them.
0: Sam Mills was the quarterback of that defense. I don't doubt that.
1: I don't doubt that. He was a defensive He made pocket.
0: one of the greatest defenses of all time. I mean, I'm not saying they're like a top three or four, but they're a top ten defense of all time, and he led them. And it, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. This is not his first ballot. I agree. But I think I think that he deserves to be in there at some point, and I think that this is the year that he should be in there. And then my last one I got is Zach Thomas. I think Zach Thomas was was a dominant player, uh, another linebacker that that. One of those guys that was there for a long time, and you said longevity. This guy was there for a long time and and, and excelled for a very long time. He was a um, tackle machine. He, he was a tackle machine. He, he was he was very tough because he wasn't a big guy. No, he, he really wasn't. wasn't a big guy. And, and for his size, he really dominated, and he he was always in there, no matter what. You can you can always count on Zach Thomas being being in the play. So I, I for a very long time too. You know he, he I think he was in the league for like twelve years or something like that. so he you know he was in there for, i think he deserves to be in the hall of fame once again this is not his first balance so i think that he should also be in there in the hall of fame so that's my seven now there's MBS- one guy thing. there's one guy
1: one guy that you know if i had to take one person off my list to put another guy on the list the guy that i would put on the list would be ron barber really Yes, if I had to take, if they say, "Hey, you got to take one guy off your off your list, but you have to put another guy off the off the the remaining list on there." Runde Barber would be Runday Barber was a problem.
0: See, so you have sacks, Calvin Johnson in your top eight. Oh my god!
1: All the sacks <laughs> and interceptions
0: from defensive back—that's that's pretty impressive. I think, I think if I had to take one off and put one on, I'd have kind of went your way. I like Tony Pacelli. I think he he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, he was a dominant tackle for, for a long time. And him being the number one draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars and them being in the AFC Championship just a couple of years later. Yes. Because they, they started their foundation on that one tackle. People don't realize that, you know, quarterback, yes, is the most – is, 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 is the most popular position. And of course, it is the most important, but at all, a great offensive tackle, you can really build a franchise if you have great offensive linemen. And this yep. guy was a great offensive lineman for a very long time. And, you know, the, the, it re- really worked there in Jacksonville. Uh, I wish they'd get back to, you know, realizing that there in Jacksonville because since then they haven't done anything. They were uh, a
1: fun team to watch then. They were a very fun yes. team to watch.
0: Yes. So that's who I would put, but we, I did a poll in the MBS crew and th- this is who they have. They had to, you know, all the MBS crew together, they voted and this is who they thought should be in the hall of fame. They got Peyton Manning. They got Charles Woodson. They got Calvin Johnson. Unlike you, <laughs> they got Reggie Wayne. They got Jared Allen. And then there's wow. three people that are, there are three people that are tied uh, for that last two spots. Uh, we got Tony Pastelli, Tory Holt, and Sam Mills. Wow! So Sam Mills, all-
1: Sam Mills, he cracked the pole. I, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> think he would.
0: Well, I mean, we do all the Saints fans in the NBS. But let's say, anyway,
1: anyway. <laughs> oh my God, these Saints fans! I tell you,
0: <laughs> yeah. But all right, man. Well. Sticking with the uh, the NFL, with the playoffs still in reach in that sorry NFC East, what do the Eagles do at the quarterback position? They got Carson Wentz, who's playing terrible. He leads the league in, in interceptions. Uh, they're losing. Um, but the problem is his cap space for the next three years cripples the Eagles. Like next year, they're... Uh, his cap space alone, whether they cut him or keep him, no matter what, $34.7 million against the cap space. 2022, no matter what, if they keep him or cut him, $31.3 million against the cap space because of guaranteed money. What does the Eagles do? Do Do they bench him for Jalen Hurts, or do they stick with Carson Wentz and hope that he turns it around? First off, you can't
1: bench Carson Wentz although he's playing terrible because Jalen Hurts I don't think is going to do you any better because you know some people could say you know if you had one of those situations where Carson Wentz was more of a a statue type quarterback and wasn't very mobile you could say well maybe we can bring Hurts in and move him around a little bit but Carson Wentz is very mobile, you know, and he's a very good runner with the ball when he tucks and goes. Um, The issue I see with the Eagles is weaponry, either they're injured or they just sign or draft the wrong guy. Jalen Rager, he's been injury prone all this rookie year. You know, they've let, you know, they've let guys walk like Nelson Aguilar who, you know, he had uh, a issue with dropping balls when he was in Philly, you know, guys that have come through Philly, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson is back, but he's older and it looks like he's just there to take the money right now. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, he's done. Zach Ertz, you know, he's out for the the season. Um, Dallas Goddard is the best weapon he has remaining. Ortega-Whiteside, he barely and they could have have drafted D.K. Metcalf in Philly. They had a chance to draft him. They had a chance to draft McCole Hardman from KC. They had a chance to draft some other guys and they didn't. So I would probably move on from the GM Howie Roseman in the offseason because he's picking the groceries
0: <laughs> this was hard, man. I when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, I was here on the NBS draft special and proclaimed him to be the next Donovan McNabb. Really? I don't know that's yeah, I don't know if you know I don't know if that was all true, but I think they need a bench him. I think Carson Wentz, um if nothing else bench him just to get him a reality check that he is not the star that he thinks he is Um, I think Jalen Hurts could could possibly bring a new excitement I know just watching this this last game last night when Jalen Hurts went in the game for one play you could feel the energy change and of course he was deflated whenever he walked back off the field and Carson Wentz came back on because we all knew what was going to happen again yeah yeah That offensive line is terrible. Old, too.
1: They got a lot of old Old, guys.
0: Old and terrible. So I don't know if, you know, Jalen Hurts without protection can really be any better than Carson Wentz. Um, But at this point, what do you have to lose? I mean, I understand you could lose his confidence in, you know, Carson Wentz's confidence, confidence like Mitchell Trubisky has done in Chicago. Uh, You know, by being benched by Nick Foles. And then now all of a sudden they want him to come back and think everything's all happy-dory again. He comes back and stinks it up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you you bench somebody, see, I never agree with the Mitchell Trubisky benching because Mitchell Trubisky was undefeated at the time when they benched him. He had a bad half of the first game he was losing and they benched him. So I, I had a problem with that. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, has been losing. He deserves to be benched. He has not done anything to prove that he should continue to stay as the quarterback. He has not won their only Super Bowl. That was done by Nick Foles. So, he has done nothing to be the golden boy in in Philadelphia to deserve so, that contract. In Carson Wentz's defense,
1: I will say this. Nick Foles led them through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl, ultimately winning it. But who did the Lions share of the work to set them up to have that? What I believe they were the 2 seed that year.
0: Who did the Lions share of the work? But as we can tell, Nick Foles is trash, like he's doing it in Chicago. So if Nick Foles is trash, and he did the same thing that Carson Wentz did, in Philadelphia that year what does that make Carson Wentz? trash also anybody could have quarterbacked them to those wins apparently because it wasn't the quarterback that won those games because Nick Foles is not the quarterback we thought he was after winning that super bowl Nick because Foles he's is just a,
1: he's a relief pitcher that's all Nick Foles. Is. he's a relief pitcher
0: he's a journeyman he's 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 one of your career <laughs> backup guys um He's, he's nobody else. And I, I think that's what Carson Wentz will end up being at some point. But So
1: I, one last thing. Um, one of the major reasons why we probably won't see him get benched is they still have a chance to win that horrible division. And all owners want home playoff games. And that's what they'll get if they win that division. So I'm sure behind the scenes, the owner, is, is as long as they're in striking distance to win that division, the owner is gonna want Carson Wentz to play. One, because if we make the playoffs with Carson Wentz as the starter, that justifies to an extent that contract And it justifies, you know, everything else, you know, with the team right now, because it's all about money. A home playoff game is going to give you revenue, even if you got 10,000 fans in the stadium.
0: So you're going to justify being five and 11 or six and 10 and winning the division. And that, that justifies your, your crazy contract. Come on, man. What, what, what do owners,
1: what do owners see dollar signs. They don't care whether they're losing or winning or losing, as long as the money's coming in, owners are AOK. Sometimes fan bases put on them to fire coaches and, and trade players or release players, but 95% of the time, those owners are only seeing, hey, we're 5 and 11, but people are still buying merchandise and still coming to games, and I'm still making money off all these advertisements they care about example jerry jones
0: (laughs) we're not gonna discuss that man because that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day all right well we got one one more major topic in the nfl uh it's probably been the biggest news of the week in the nfl uh it's been this whole baltimore ravens situation Uh, And then we had the the Denver Broncos situation this past week. Who do you think had the tougher week this week? The Denver Broncos not having a quarterback on the roster to play the number one defense in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints. You you notice how I put that in there. Or the the Baltimore Ravens going without 17, now 17 players. Going into this Wednesday uh, day game against the number one team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who has the worst situation?
1: Denver Broncos,
0: hands down. You know, you you
1: you know why you know why the Raven Steelers game keeps getting pushed back.
0: Because it's must-see TV, man. It's, it's all about that money. They, they want to see this game.
1: My, money's the top reason. But the second reason is there's playoff implications with this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Denver yeah. isn't in a playoff race. So it, it's, it's, it's very shy of the league, but that's what the league does. They say, hey, we're prioritizing. Here's the Broncos. Here's the Steelers-Ravens. And I hate to say it this way, but it it was kind of like a give me win to to your Saints because what that does is – no, no, just hear me out. What that does is that keeps your Saints up there in the race. It keeps them in that first place block. You know, whether whether it would have been the Saints or the, the, the Packers or the Bucks. That's the narrative the NFL wants to push. So whoever would have been playing Denver that week, if they were a playoff contending team, it would have they would they would have made the Broncos play them because it would have been basically a layup win because it'll be another notch in your win column. Denver, they'll have all offseason to figure out their quarterback situation or whatever is going on with them. But that that's the ugly business side of the NFL that, you know, some people don't pay attention. I see all that stuff. I I look at every angle and, you know, it sucks for them because I guarantee you it's probably a good chance that game is going to get moved again, the Ravens-Steelers. Really? I think it's going to get moved again.
0: Well, they said the Ravens have traveled to Pittsburgh already. Uh, they had two more uh, positive cases today. One player, one coach. Uh, so the, you know that's a total of about 17 players. That, that's 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 a big percentage of your team not playing on the field. That's uh, so almost that's, half of your roster. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. I mean, it's it's pretty much gonna be a guaranteed loss for the Baltimore Ravens, which is gonna hurt their playoff right uh, playoff position. Uh, it's going to make it a must-win against next week against the Dallas Cowboys, um, which I'm okay with because uh, I'm a cowboy hater. So anytime you have a team that must beat the Cowboys, you uh... know,
1: <laughs> say whoever beats up on the Cowboys, you don't care.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they're my favorite team of the week. <laughs> but all right, man. Uh, well, I didn't really give you my take on it. I mean, I, I, I think, I think the Broncos. Had a very tough position uh because it was pretty much a guaranteed loss when you have no quarterback. I don't care yeah. who you put out there. Uh there, there's nobody who can just all of a sudden they they even petitioned the NFL to allow one of their coaches to yeah, play I saw quarterback.
1: That. And, they and they that's how they said no. Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but the thing is, I feel I feel worse for the Ravens. Um because the people who caught COVID, it wasn't because they didn't follow procedures. The Denver Broncos, whether you agree with wearing a mask or not, yeah, that's, the quarterback that, room. That, that, that's that's a whole different subject for a whole different day in politics. Uh, but at the end of the day, they agree to these these conditions. And when mm-hmm. you agree to it and you don't follow it, you got to understand that there's going to be some repercussions. So and, and that's what happened. You didn't follow the directions of the NFL, the rules that are in play, and now you, you have been punished. So the Denver Broncos have been punished. All three quarterbacks did not get COVID. One did, and the others didn't follow the directions. So because they didn't follow the rules, the Broncos got punished. And at the end of the day, you can't feel sorry for a team that didn't follow the rules. All teams are, are being punished. Even the Saints this week got got knocked the seventh round pick and $500,000 because of a celebration after a game without yeah. masks. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so every team is having to deal with this. Every team is being punished. So I can't feel sorry for anybody who doesn't follow the rules. You got to follow the rules. If you want to play, you got to follow the rules. So at this point I, I, I feel worse for the Ravens because they follow the rules and they got COVID. You can't, you can't, you can't be upset with anybody for that. And as far as I'm concerned, they're in the worst position because they didn't ask for it. Uh, So I hope they can pull one off this coming week against Pittsburgh. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to lose this game because of it. Um, And we'll see what happens next week with the Cowboys. All right. Well, we're going to go down to our last topic of the night, our big NFL game of the week, where we have four games of the week. We're going to do our picks on it. Um, Marvin, we got Cleveland who's who's sneaky. Who are they? Eight and three this year? Yes. Sneaky, sneaky good with Baker Mayfield, Money Mayfield going to Tennessee and facing King Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Who you got taking this game, man? This
1: might be one of the best games of the week right here. Really? <clears throat> um, what did we see last year? We saw the Titans jump on King Henry's back and say, hey, big guy, run us through the playoffs. They ran through the uh, Patriots, ran through the Ravens, and then What happened? Got caught up by Kansas City. KC said, King Henry, you're not going to beat us. Ryan Tannehill, you will. (laughs) So, I I think that's going to be kind of the game plan Cleveland's going to come out with because Cleveland has a pretty good defense. They're going to say, look, we're going to stop King Henry Ryan Tannehill, can you avoid all these landmines called Miles Garrett? And can you, you know, throw against a greedy secondary with guys like Denzel Ward in it? You know, we're going to find out. Um, Cleveland's going to stick to the strip, strip on uh, the script, excuse me, on offense with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running at Peel. They're gonna stick to the script. I love that from Kevin Stefanski. He, he's not getting too cute. He's not, you know, letting Baker throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. Baker throws it about 25, you know, maybe 30, depending on the flow of the game. And that's about it. And he's gonna run those two backs about 40 times a game. And I think Cleveland's gonna win this game. They're gonna go down to Cashville, Tennessee.
0: And I I can see Cleveland winning this game 27-20. And I'm anxious to see because you got probably the most violent, one of the most violent defensive players Mm -hmm. in Miles Garrett in the league going up against, I would say, the most violent offensive player in Derrick Henry. Yep. Somebody's going to give. And I mean, I got my money on Derrick Henry. That's a man of, of among boys at, at this point. Nobody wants to tackle King Henry. In um, in Henry, I trust. I, I think I think he, you know, they ride him to a win. Um, I, I like I like what Brown is doing, you know, as receiver. I, I think him and Tanner Hill is getting really, you know, their chemistry is getting a lot better, and I think he, you know, he's peaking right now. So I, I see. Tennessee actually scoring a lot in this game. I, I see Tennessee winning 34 to 21 over the Cleveland Browns. I will never pick the Browns. I have learned for many, many years that no matter what happens, no matter how much you think Cleveland's going gonna be good, they're fool's gold. And Baker Mayfield is fool's gold. So I got Tennessee 34, Cleveland 21 next game we got is a very interesting one, especially with the outcome of last week by both teams. Both teams underperformed. Um, you got the L.A. Rams coming off their loss to the San Francisco 49ers, going to Arizona and, and facing, you know, Colin Murray and, and, and DeAndre Hopkins. Who you got in this game, man? This is a very interesting game that could, could – Show us who, who's gonna battle Seattle for that division title.
1: I didn't like the way Kyler Murray looked this past week against the Patriots. And the Patriots did some interesting things. They didn't really full out blitz him. They would, they would, they would take about two steps and then stop and put their hands up. And they batted a lot of balls down last week. So I could see, yep, 5'10 quarterback, you know, that's an issue. I could see the Rams kind of copying that game plan a lot. But, you know, they're division opponents. So, you know, they're going to pretty much stick to whatever they normally do against him, um, which is going to be, Aaron Donald attack, 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 attack. Michael Brockers, attack, 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 attack. And Jalen Ramsey, you got DeAndre Hopkins all day wherever he goes. That's a great that's matchup. A matchup. That's a good matchup. Yeah. That, 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 I'm sure that's the matchup that Hopkins wants, and that's the, the matchup that Ramsey wants. Y'all got it. Let's see who wins it. Um... <laughs> this game is going to come down to who can run the ball the most effectively. Mm. And I think Kenyon Drake and Edmonds will do a better job. So I'm going to take Arizona to win at home. Um, I think they can win this game 24, 21. You know, Arizona has been on a little bit of a losing streak and if they want to stay, you know, in a good position, playoff-wise, you know this is definitely a game that they need to win. You know, to, to finish the season off strong. But uh, I'm taking Arizona at home by three.
0: I'm not a big fan of the of the LA Rams running game right now, um, but their passing game has really taken off. Yeah, when you got two, you, know, you got two receivers that are that are, you know, playing at such a high level and getting over hundred yards a game each recently. Um, and then you have you know Aaron Donald, that defense man. That that guy is is probably, if not, the best defensive player in the whole NFL. He's in the top three, and 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 he can take over a game by himself, even if he's not getting the sacks. His his presence affects plays, and you know I I know Colin Murray is a is a really quick quarterback, so he can get away you know, yeah. from, from a defensive tackle, but they're not going to be able to go up through the middle with Aaron Donald there. He's going to have to scramble out. So I, I see Aaron Donald really affecting Colin uh, Murray's rhythm and, and, and having him scramble out a lot. Uh, so I, I see the Rams really, really rattling Colin Murray and uh, I, I think his confidence is going to be hit because his confidence was killed last week against the New England Patriots. I don't know if you saw him; he he yeah. he didn't look very he didn't look very happy at the end of the game. They didn't uh, he didn't scramble one, much. Yeah. He had I 130 he may had, yards.
1: He made. I think he may have had like 20 20 some yards rushing against the Patriots, and that's how Kyler Murray hurts a lot of teams. He gets those you know 15 20 yard runs sometimes off scrambles and. If you can contain him from scrambling, that's the best way you beat Arizona. But if he gets outside that pocket and you can't contain him, it's going to be a long day.
0: Yep. But I see the Rams winning this game. Um, I got it being like a, a 27-21 Rams game. All right, another another interesting game. You know, I, I didn't think that this team really had a chance at all at the playoffs, but they, they are really coming back up. Uh, and you know they're they're expecting uh, their their star, well I don't know if you want to say star, but they're starting quarterback to come back either this week or next week. Uh, but you got Buffalo playing San Francisco in San Francisco. Do you think this is a game that San Francisco can squeak by and get themselves in that playoff race, or do you see this as as, as a as a game that Buffalo uh, wins and and really takes control of that division for the first time in what is it ten years?
1: Um I would definitely not bring Garoppolo back versus the Buffalo Bills defense. <laughs> that would not be a smart move. <laughs> um but I believe they're going to beat the 49ers by two scores. I think it's my I think it may be like a 28 to 14 type game. Um maybe 35, 21, something like that, but uh, Richard Sherman just came back, and, you know, he's chomping at the bit, and he's not ready to cover Stefan Diggs right now. Richard Sherman, you're not ready for that smoke. Um, you know, Cole Beasley, you know, in the slide, and Dawson Knox, and, and I, I believe John Brown might be back as well for the Bills. The Bills got a lot of weapons, and you know, they have a, a, a pretty good running game as well. And that defense, you know, they cause turnovers and they're very stifling. And I don't see any of those receivers for the San Francisco doing anything against Buffalo's secondary, which has been pretty good this year. So I'm taking the Bills by two scores.
0: I'm, I'm probably the same page as you. I got the Buffalo Bills winning this game, I think. I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. I think it's gonna be like a seventeen to ten, uh, Buffalo, because uh, I think San Francisco's defense is playing a lot better now. Now, like you said, Richard Sherman's back. I think Buffalo kind of struggled last week offensively. Uh, Stefan Diggs didn't get didn't have the the typical Stefan Diggs game. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I think it's gonna be a low scoring seventeen to ten. I hope I'm wrong because I got Stefan Diggs on my fantasy football team. Uh, and so I want him to go off and have a Stefan Diggs game. Uh, but I really think that, you know, Richard Sherman does contain him. He can't stop him, but I think he does contain him. Uh, gets him probably under 60 yards receiving. Um, so I, I think the Buffalo Bills win 17 to 10. And then the last game. Oh, I guess that is the last game of the week I have on there. Um, oh, okay. Dallas, uh, Dallas and Baltimore. Do you think, do you think the Dallas Cowboys can get back into the, 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 the vision race by defeating the Baltimore Ravens? Who's also going to need a, a win to get themselves back into the, the playoff race. Um, who do you think pulls it off? Let, let's
1: just say if, Baltimore loses to the Steelers, they're going to absolutely annihilate the Cowboys (laughs) because they're going to be upset and pissed off. And Jerry's team is the perfect team to unleash all of your frustration on because (laughs) it just feels so good beating them. I remember... I believe this was a Thanksgiving game a few years ago with a Baltimore play in Dallas and Willis McGahee had a monster game on the Dallas Cowboys. So I think, you know, definitely Lamar Jackson will be playing in that game, but he'll he'll be back ready to play by that game. And Mm -hmm. we're going to see that Raven run game just bludgeoning. The Cowboys front seven to death. Um, I'm kind of like you. I like seeing the angst and, you know, frustration on Cowboys fans' faces after they get pummeled. Um, and this game will be that. The Ravens will put the smack down because it's not even just – the run game for the Ravens. I think the Ravens defense is good enough to just shut everything down that Dallas will try to do. And Andy Dalton's not ready for that Ravens pass rush. They're going to be ferocious. And, you know, that secondary Humphreys. Humphreys is going to take Amari Cooper out of the game. You hear it here right now. Humphreys will take Amari Cooper out of the game.
0: So do you see C.D. Lamb having a good game?
1: possibly possibly because michael gallup they've kind of forgotten about him he's you know he's been their big play guy but they just kind of you know you know don't care what you do right now zeke zeke is not going to be much of a factor
0: tony pollard has been just as good as a running back as zeke this season um I mean, I know Zeke has, you know, a little bit more yards than Tony Pollard, but for the, for the cap space that Zeke has given the, the Dallas Cowboys, it is not equal to the the value that Tony Pollard has given the Dallas Cowboys this season.
1: <laughs> At this point, it looks like Zeke has finessed Jerry Jones with that contract.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. has. Yes, he has. But I, I, I got the Baltimore Ravens also. I think this is a must win. I mean, I know it's a must win for both teams. Uh, but if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna put my money on a team to win a game with the starting quarterback and Lamar Jackson versus Andy Dalton, I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson any day of the week. Um, So you know, for 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 one of the NBS members, uh, I just got one thing to say. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> they're going down. They're gonna lose. This week, they're gonna lose next week, and it's gonna be all bad in Dallas, man. You know, it's time for a top five pick. Uh, you know, let's see what they can do next year, let's see who how they, how they can screw up next year. They're not gonna uh, get Trevor or Justin Fields. <laughs> no, they're gonna pay Dak his money, they're gonna be. They're going to be scrapped for money because they they ain't got no money for anybody else because they paid everybody. And be a so, middle-of-the-road team again. <laughs> yes. So they're going to have to drop some some probably some offensive linemen to be able to pay for their quarterback slash running back slash wide receiver slash linebacker that they paid all this money for. So Dallas Cowboys, man, you know, they're, they're going to be hurting for years to come, and I, I hate, you know, Hell no, I don't hate to see it. I love seeing it. What, what am I talking
1: about? I hate to put it like this, but for those Cowboys fans out there, it's going to be like this until Jerry Jones is too old to remember what's going on. He's Somebody's going to have to like put him in hospice or something like that to get him away because as long as he has any kind of coher- coherency, Jerry Jones is going to find a way to mess it up. Jerry Jones... Is a control freak, and that's why he hired Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy is just a fatter version yes, of Jason Garrett. Oh,
0: fatter version of Jason that's Garrett. That's all he is. Oh, the, the disrespect <laughs> is thick tonight. <laughs> all right, man. With that being said, we got to end the show on that note. That, that, that's one of the greatest lines of, of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. Marlon, you got any shout outs before we end the show? Hey, man, shout out to the whole MBS crew and um, shout
1: out to everybody out there. You know, this is the season for giving and spending time with your families. Um, Stay safe out there. Mask up because you know what? COVID ain't quit. You know, COVID is still out there rampant and you know, we want to see everybody making into 2021 because 2020, it ain't been nothing nice. And I'm sure we're all ready to get through this month and get on to new beginnings.
0: Definitely, definitely. Shout out to, to everybody watching out there, man. Uh, shout out to all the fans that, that watch every single week. You know who you are. We we love you, man. Um, but you know, like you said, man, shout out to, to everybody who's going through anything with COVID. Uh, This has been a tough year for everybody. Uh, Hopefully, you know, us doing stuff like this gets people's minds off of of, of real serious stuff out there because, you know, that real life is happening, man. And anytime, you know, we can do anything to get somebody's mind off of that, people have been laid off, people who, you know, people who have lost loved ones, uh, people who, you know, have loved ones who are sick. Um, You know, there are real problems out there. And, 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 you know, our hearts go out to y'all. 2020 has been a tough year, um, but you know, anytime we can do anything to laugh and smile and have a good time, man, I, I think it's worth, worth doing. So, you know, any chance you get, man, if you can make somebody smile today, please do that because everybody needs a little bit of happiness in 2020. Come on, see. man. Now you're making me frown. What are you doing, Marlon? <laughs> Rise up. Rise up. Oh, man, you're making me smile I'm thinking about 28-3. Just letting let you know that. Hey, 28-3 <laughs> is
1: old news. Don't you forget 26-9. <laughs> you remember that one. Don't
0: forget 26-9. But it will never be 28-3, brother. It will never be 28-3.
1: But you oh, know man. what? We're going to beat y'all.
0: You think that's you, what we should have did. You know, we had the Saints and, and, and ATL representing tonight. We forgot Atlanta's playing New Orleans this week.
1: Yes, but, you we know, are. I didn't think
0: I, I didn't think it'd be you know really a game of the week because we kind of know what's gonna happen.
1: Y'all coming to the real beans. That that stadium y'all got down there, the uh the boo-boo dome, you know <laughs> <The> boo
0: <Boo-Boo> dome.
1: <laughs> the boo-boo dome. Um Taysom Hill, he's not, no, he, if Taysom Hill doesn't throw the ball, he's not going to beat us this week. What do you, you, we beat y'all last week with Taysom Hill. That was, that was then you're not going to, if he doesn't throw the ball, you're not going to beat us. Plus you're not going to get eight sacks again. You're not going to have five sacks again.
0: Come on, man! You, you know
1: how these division games go. You know you, how they go. You
0: beat you. You win one game forty to six over the the Las Vegas Raiders, and your head swells up this big, thinking you got a shot against the the number one defense in the NFL. You you, you better be Watch rooting for mouth. us because because we're probably gonna sweep the Bucks too. Oh, I can root for you later on. I will never root for the Falcons over the Saints. That will never happen, sir. Because because
1: uh, we got the bucks the uh, two of the last three weeks of the season, and they always have problems with us. Always.
0: I don't care if y'all beat the bucks. We got the bucks. We're up two and a half games with with five games left, and we got a tiebreaker. We good, oh, brother. Yeah. We you, good. You, you can talk trash now. <laughs> we good, brother. You, you worry about yourself. We we got this. We got this. Just not this week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. But you know, we're not running, we're not running sprints, man. This is a marathon. So it's all about that ring at the end of the day, but we'll see.
1: Well, just remember your last couple of playoff appearances, they haven't been nice.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Who'd y'all beat last year? It That's doesn't matter mind. because you know what? If your team doesn't
1: hoist the trophy, your team is just like my team. We're first place losers.
0: Touche, <laughs> touche, <touché>, man. <laughs> well, that being said, brother, it was enjoyment having you on the show. Anytime you want to come over to the Huda no Nation, you know, we, we're, we're always welcome people here. Come on back over here. We, we'll, you know, me and Jasper, we're we'll, we'll welcome you with open arms. You could come back to the NBS show, be part of the Who That Nation. It's a win-win, brother. So anytime that shirt, you're ready, to come
1: back. That shirt looked like somebody opened a baby diaper and rubbed it on your chest.
0: <laughs> come on, man. Damn, man. The disrespect is thick tonight. Anyway, from just Justin, man, and Marlin, you know, representing the ATL. You know, thank y'all for watching and uh, tune in next week, man.